Brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. You're telling me that uh, number 41 is on a train now headed to College Station, Texas? Yes, the family has uh, boarded the train. He is uh, locked and loaded and ready to go, and uh, I think that's kind of neat. There'll be one more of these, and that's Carter. And then we're alone. <laughs> we're done. We're, we, we will have seen the last of the so-called greatest generation. Do you think? Okay, we don't know who potentially would go next, but it just— it, Well, it will, Carter. The, or, no, after Carter. They won't be as— Ornate? No, I'm saying they'll still be special. But I'm but saying uh, Carter Navy, uh, World War II, uh, not dissimilar to Bush. Uh, that's what I meant. Okay. Okay. So Truman, military reserves, but Franklin Delano Roosevelt said he was too old. He wanted him to remain uh, around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eisenhower. Well, of course, he's general. Would, Nixon. Uh, Verify Nixon's uh, service, please. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, JFK, PT-109. Uh, I know he was never president. Would Dole get this kind of a send-off? Had he been president. Okay. Uh, I, I could be mistaken, but I would believe these state funerals are for presidents. Mm-hmm. I think LBJ might have been too old for World War II. Verify that, please. I'm looking All up. All right, pulling up our millhouse. Reagan uh, served in a film capacity, but did not see action, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, Nixon was assigned as aide to the commander of the Naval Air Station until May of 1943. Uh, he requested sea duty and was reassigned as the Naval Passenger Control Officer. He served. For, for the South Pacific Combat Air Transport Command. Yep. JFK served. Now verify LBJ. I'm on it. Uh, who followed LBJ? Gerald Ford. Yep. Well, no, actually, uh, Nixon did, and then Gerald Ford. Uh, see what Ford did. I'm on LBJ. Johnson was appointed a lieutenant commander in the United States Naval Reserve on June 21st, 1940. While serving as a U.S. representative, he was called to active duty three days later after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor All right. in December of 1941. Check, uh, uh, who did I say? After the attack on Pearl Harbor, uh, Ford enlisted in the U.S. Naval Reserve, mm-hmm. serving from 42 to 46 as a lieutenant commander. All right. Uh, Carter, of course, we know was in the Navy. Yep. Uh then Reagan, Reagan. Uh, H.W. shot out of the sky. Uh, uh, Billy Clinton, no. Uh, w., uh, certainly not the record of his father, but he was National Guard. Obama, no. Uh, Trump, no. Trump, no. 
Drop hell no. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a lonely thought, isn't it? You're you're really um raising a point that I've never really thought about because but it, it is it's it's sad. It's different. See, if my dad was alive, he'd be a hundred and one. You tend be? to you tend to think these guys are still with us. No, they're all now in their mid nineties. Right. One of the neatest things that uh, my friend at the airport witnesses are these honor flights. Yeah. Where a couple of years ago, the World War II guys were. We, the we ma- mentioned that in an earlier email today. Yeah, we're, they're the, they were the majority, and now the World War II guys. It's it's just a handful. And it's the Korean War guys that that outnumber. I do think, because of his upbringing, that H.W. was sincere when he believed that what he should do as president was the right thing, not the best thing for him politically. I, I don't have any doubts about that. What am I missing? Oh, nothing. We're just doing an off-air prod thing. Yeah. We didn't want to distract you. That's no, why we were doing be, it this because way. of his upbringing. I think he was schooled to uh, to be a very sincere guy who did the right thing for for patriotism, patriotism in the country as opposed to his own political expediency. Um, I just learned in my research with uh, with with Herbert Walker Bush that his dad Prescott turned down the inheritance from his father. I didn't know that. I didn't know this either. Why in the hell would you? I, I, have no, I don't know if there was a, a I got problem. a simplicity lawn tractor. Yeah, well, President Bush didn't get much more. Uh, he, uh, When his father died, I think he got uh, maybe a, a million or so or $174,000 Hey, look, look that up for me, Reavers. I was actually just about to relay something else really quick. Go ahead. Uh, Clinton tried unsuccessfully to obtain positions in the National Guard and Air Force, and he then made arrangements to join the Reserve Officers Training Corps uh, at the University of Arkansas. He subsequently decided not to join the ROTC, saying in a letter to the officer in charge of the program that he opposed war, but did not think it was honorable to use ROTC, National Guard Reserve Service, to avoid serving in Vietnam. Okay. He also was involved in protests for the Vietnam War. Sorry, what were you asking me to look at? Well, up? what was George H.W.'s net worth? Would celebrity net worth have that? Yes. Twenty-five I, I, million. I, was that it? Yeah. Well, that's not. That's not. I thought they were yet. much wealthier. They were a wealthy family. Mm-hmm. It's got to be more than that. He owned a baseball team. You're thinking of W. I'm talking H.W. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, he, even even H.W.'s got to be worth more than that, don't you think? With all the speaking engagements, well, I don't know. I don't and... know how reliable these little sure. silly sites are, like celebrity net worth. I don't. I'm sure they have some calculation that they think is uh, credible, and I have no idea if it is. What would W? I'm going to look up W. Well, it says W only has twenty three. Well, that's enough. I mean, that's you know, that's pretty good. Sure, I find that, that it's got to be low. Well, somebody had the dough to to uh, establish that wonderful retreat they had at Kennebunkport, and that Walker was, Point. That was purchased by his Prescott? great grandfather or Prescott's dad, uh, Bush's great grandfather and grandfather, uh, George W. Walker, hmm. and I forget who the other guy was. 
They bought that in the late 1800s. Well, I don't think any of the Bushes are worried about dinner. Let's sure. put it that way. Sure. It's, it's all, That's fair. It's all good. You know. I mean, the Obamas are on their way to becoming billionaires. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, which is great, but don't lecture me, Barack. Don't, when you're flying around the country on private jets, uh, getting 500 to a million dollars per speech, you don't get to lecture me about the climate. Uh, according to that same website, Barack is at 45 million. Mm-hmm. That was, to me, that was one of the most charming parts of yesterday's ceremony. Which, which? when W handed Michelle the, the candy. Apparently, that's some old yes, uh, habit I th- they've had. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he gave her the little wink and the nod. I thought that was great. And she Well, there smiled. was something terribly genuine about the Bushes. I mean, yeah. George W. certainly has his critics, and and H.W. had his critics, but uh, they were very genuine guys. Yeah, they, they never got to meet W. We had him on the phone. You talked to him. We had him on the phone. And, Joe, I have to go yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find that. Yeah. What? Uh, when did you guys have him on? Well, it would have been either uh, – the 2000 campaign or the 2004 campaign, he was coming through town and I wasn't able to establish anything meaningful with him on the telephone. <laughs> I, I got to go. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I know Joe have to leave now. Weren't you a pool reporter for uh, one of his visits? Yes. That was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. And he was over in... Uh, Minnetonka? Yeah, I forget what. It was really neat to be part of it mm-hmm. and just to cruise... Uh, and I was way back. I wasn't, but it was still neat to be in the pool where you're cruising. I saw him. You could the, slightly see his head from where yeah, you were standing. Right, that's about it. <laughs> I have to find him. I'll look for that during the break here. Okay. But we're gonna play him. Uh, when we maybe when we come back. Okay. He's a trained radio professional. He's Joe Souchere. It's going to be right here. Oh, it is. Okay, so then you're not, you don't have to drive. I thought, right you, had to go, I thought you had to go somewhere. No, it's right like, here. Yeah, I, I really got to press this. Oh, folks. Yeah. You get the steps? Why don't you shut up? I love you like a brother. I know. The brother that I love the least, though. Brother from another mother. Yes. Lisa Bender is making the news again. She who does not shovel. Oh, yes. Uh, This is a piece from, uh, I was alerted to this. It's a piece in City Pages. Oh, this is so great. It's wonderful. One of our moles just sent that to me as well. Yeah. I don't think we have any moles on the staff of City Pages. No. They've been terribly unkind to us. No, no. This is a a gentleman that is very well connected in the Twin Cities and saw this and and alerted us. And actually, Joe, I I forgot to tell you this off the air. That's not true. We have two people who would rather not be named. Yeah. They'd lose their job. That work at City Pages that listen to us every single day. Well, uh, uh, credit to them for having this story. Lisa Bender is now accusing the Star Tribune of sexism. Because she doesn't shovel her side. Sure. Where do these fruitcakes come from that we that, that get oh. elected? 
Councilmember Lisa Bender is Minneapolis's champion of pedestrian-friendly urban design and year-round maintenance of carless thoroughfares. She's been advocating for tougher enforcement of snow shoveling, calling on residents to think of their neighbors who rely on sidewalks to get around. The city recently sent letters to households announcing an imminent crackdown on those who neglect to shovel. Wow. Uh, so the Star Tribune's uh, Miguel Odorola, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, who's been dutifully relaying each thrilling episode of the Minneapolis's various sidewalk car- clearing strategies, decided to check if the council's able-bodied members were, them- were, them- were themselves in compliance. Ah. I'm having a Roycey-like gas attack. Yeah. It thrust my chair backwards. Serpent. Maybe you ate the apple. He found just one errant homeowner, Lisa Bender, who racked up seven complaints last winter. The city had to send someone to shovel her sidewalk, finding her 149 bucks. the Star Tribune reported. Bender, it turns out, is as human as the rest of us. She responded that as a working mom of two small kids, she can't always shovel on time. If not terribly considerate of the elderly and disabled who live in her neighborhood, her excuse is at least relatable. But after the Strib, which owns City Pages, reported its findings— Bender took to Twitter to accuse the paper of calling her out because she's a woman. Unbelievable. Isn't no, that something? No, it's because you're a dummy that didn't shovel. Isn't that's that, all, isn't that's that all it is. Isn't that something? Uh, and here's a screenshot. Is that, is that the term? A, uh, a screenshot yes, of yes, her Twitter? Yes. When did that become news is usually when a woman is leading. It matters when men call it out. Thank you. I have no idea what that means. Uh, fellow council member Jeremiah Ellison piled on, telling the hostile Star Tribune to cover Donald Trump more, uh-huh. since the president frequently attacks media institutions for covering anything unflattering to him, ironically. Jeremiah Ellison. Is he the trans guy, I wonder? Don't they have a couple of transers on I'm the— not sure. Yes, they, they do. I, they do. I'm not—I I think it is. I'll look. Uh Here's a screenshot of Jeremiah Ellison's tweet. These people don't have enough to do, do they? No. When they're in the salon. While it's comical that the Strib continues to slash their own credibility with non-stories like this, it's also concerning. As Trump attacks institutions like the Strib, they continue to be hostile in ways that don't contribute to accountability or transparency. This, not news. The hell it isn't. It's a very credible example of news. An elected official who champions her constituents, to shovel their sidewalks at the risk of fine, does not shovel her sidewalk. That's news. How perfect of a glimpse is this, too, by the way, Joe, of just how unaccountable most of these people are. That's exactly what this story is all about. Seven seven times last year, a complaint. The only one. The only one, by the way. Well, the rest of them probably live in lofts or something, don't they? No, probably. Uh, retired Star Tribune columnist John Tevlin, uh, uh, let's see, the people, however, would de- take a decidedly different position. Uh, really, the strip checked on all your colleagues in the midst of your push to get the rest of us in Minneapolis to comply just because you're the only one who doesn't follow the rules you impose doesn't get you off of the hook because of the woman card. That's a tweet by somebody named Jan. Jeremiah Ellison is Keith Ellison's son. He is not oh, the— Oh, uh, all right. Different, that's a different I'm confusing person. him with someone. Yes. Retired Star Tribune columnist John Tevlin was among them, meaning among the people who, I guess, believes it's news. 
Uh, his wife relies on a walker and mobility scooter to get around. He thinks it's audacious of Bender to scold residents from a place of moral superiority, knowing her own neighborly deficiency, and then cry sexism when the paper dares to mention it. Odorola found one person living found one person with complaints, and that happened to be Council Member Bender, and she happens to be a woman. Now, does she think he really wouldn't have reported that if it was one of the male members of the council? Right, exactly. Of course he would have. Yeah, that would have been news no matter what. Tevlin says he called the city on neighbors for not shoveling before and welcomes the crackdown. It's one of the most basic acts of neighborly consideration. While it may not be a big deal to most of us, it's critical to the elderly, elderly and disabled in their pursuit of a full life. We're getting kind of heavy on this, aren't we? Yeah. I appreciate that she's very busy doing good things for the city, and I'm sure her husband is very busy too, says Tevlin. But I bet everybody on that block that she lives on is very busy, if not busier than she is, and they probably don't make as much money. There you are. Mm. So this woman uh, had the nerve, Lisa Bender, who'll probably get reelected because people aren't thinking critically. Uh, this woman had the nerve to say that she was reported on because she's female? Mm-hmm. That's B as in really? B, S as in S. Well, I think if, if the Star Tribune is one thing, they've been highly critical of the left and the female. Yeah, they really have. Oh, been. man. They... Yeah. This plays right into their template, doesn't Honest it? Honest to God. How could anyone, how, how, how could she have the nerve to think that this leftist newspaper uh, is somehow creating fake news by pointing out that she got seven tickets? She when re- you are the president of the Minneapolis City Council. And if Lisa could have shown everybody something and— and just owned up to it, don't you think? Well, she did initially. She she had her BS excuse. Hey, I'm I'm busy, and we got little kids. And, okay, but it's only uh, uh, only only now is she apparently trying to sell the idea that she was uh, picked on because of sexism. Targeted. She was targeted. Come on. Yeah. I told. What did I tell you yesterday about sidewalks? Uh, you got to have a good one. No, I said. <laughs> You like them. How long do you think you can last? No, sidewalks. Without, without paying attention. Sidewalks. I no, think... I, what are you laughing at, scan boy? I'm sorry, that was funny. <laughs> A no. poorly shoveled sidewalk Needs is steps. worse than an unshoveled sidewalk. That's right. Got it. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. I remember it now. Yeah. I don't want to talk about the global climate change problem. I grow as weary of it as the next person. Mm -hmm. But it's with us every day. But I find that I must because that is my way of pushing back. Push back. Push back. Which was our theme for this year. Push back. I'll push that. Push back. Okay. Joe Souchere here for Federated Insurance. I'm not a math guy, but here are a couple of numbers that should get your attention. 2,440,000 injured and 35,092 dead. Those are National Safety Council vehicle numbers from 2015. Federated Insurance reminds us that these are much more than statistics. These are family members, friends, and neighbors. Distracted driving continues to be an epidemic, but unfortunately, it's not the only factor in vehicle crashes. It could be this way. A driver is running late, making a delivery, and is speeding. When traffic came to a halt from road construction, the driver can't stop in time and strikes the rear of another vehicle, causing a four-car chain reaction and multiple serious injuries. Ask yourself, do you accelerate when a traffic light turns yellow? 
you decrease your speed during bad weather or in road construction zones? Do you make a full stop at stop signs? The National Safety Council reports nearly one-third of traffic fatalities occurred in speed-related crashes. Think about that and don't become a statistic. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's their business to protect yours. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Sussure. Let's go to the failed academy. Woo! And another call for pushback. Liberty Council, a law firm based on religious freedom. I guess they're a pushback law firm then, in mm. some cases, huh? Yeah. Caught wind of a school in Nebraska, an elementary school in Nebraska. Caught wind of a Nebraska elementary school principal who banned a long list of Christmas-related items. Huh. What kind of items do you yeah, ask? I was at some, Are I'm you going to ask picture. that? I'm in my mind. I'm trying to yes. picture what they could be. Uh, Liberty Council provided a memo from a from Principal Jennifer Sinclair that spelled out in detail all the forbidden paraphernalia at Manchester Elementary School in Omaha. Hmm. Ready? <laughs> I don't know if I am. Santa or Christmas items on worksheets. Christmas trees in classrooms, elf on the shelf, singing Christmas carols, playing Christmas music, sending a scholastic book that is that it that is a Christmas book, making a Christmas ornament as a gift, because that assumes the family has a Christmas tree, which assumes they celebrate Christmas. And the principal notes, I challenge the thought of, well, they can just hang it somewhere else. Candy canes. Ah, candy why? canes. Oompa quiz. Oh, boy. Right. Okay. Oompa quiz. Oompa quiz. Shall we play a game? Why do you think that the principal, Jennifer, is it Jennifer Sinclair? Uh, yes, Jennifer Sinclair, Manchester Elementary School in Omaha. Why do you think she banned candy canes? Let's see. Let's see. Christmas. Because sugar. They're red and white. There's not, they're not colorful enough. Not health, health benefits. No. Um, this is power washing a candy cane, by the way, uh, because I would venture to suggest that when you hear the reason, most of us did not know this. So now candy canes have been power washed after you hear why this principle prohibited don't, candy don't canes. Don't give it up. Yeah, yeah don't, don't give it up. Work. Exactly. Make us work for I'm it. Not, but it's okay. power washing. Candy canes. So, so, so use your wildest imagination. Mm -hmm. Picture mm -hmm. a candy cane. Yep. It's been power washed by this woman. It looks like a cane, someone with no. a disability. Nope. Dang it. Nope. Um, uh, it doesn't have to do with the sugar in, intake or anything like that, nope. right? That's nope. It's not food related. Okay. It's, it's a power wash. It's an ideological power washing. <gasps> wait, wait, wait. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You in the corner. It, 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 it somehow kids can make it look like a gun. No, that's a good one. Dang it. That's not oh, it. Oh, I thought that would have been it. No. Nope. A hook? No. Nope. nope. So not a weapon. Um, what are they shaped like? A cane. No. Or, a letter, or the letter J, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it could represent Jesus. Mm-hmm. You've got not, not, to be. Can we swear? Boys, boys, swear? boys, boys. I'm not kidding you. Yeah, you can. It's a podcast. Crap. <laughs> <laughs>
Way get to get this. edgy. Yeah. Damn it. Get this. Come You're joking. On. Historically, the shape is a J for Jesus. The red is for the blood of Christ, and the white is a symbol of his resurrection. This would also include different colored candy canes. I have no idea if that's true or not. It never occurred to me. Now a candy cane, a bleeping candy cane, has been power washed by this demented woman. I'm I'm looking up this to see if this is legit. <laughs> Had you ever heard that before? No. The, the red and white? The and given bl- your upbringing and your interest in food, if anybody would have ever heard of that, it would have been you. Hell yes. My mom, I'm surprised my mom didn't tell me before. Uh, because of the shepherds in the nativity story, the choir master bent the candy sticks into canes to represent the shepherd's crook. Okay, but that's not what this demented school principal in Nebraska is claiming. The canes then became a tradition. They're popular. Oh, my God. What? Is it there? Is no, it there? no, no. I'm just saying, what is wrong with this woman? Well, she's there. The, the dark people are very disturbed. Those candy canes, by the way, way back when were just solid white. They did not have stripes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, let me continue. Did, did candy canes originate as religious symbols? There we go. Candy canes were created as Christian symbols representing the blood and purity of Jesus. Okay. See, this I is, never would have looked this up. Well, this is Snopes.com. Is it, are they verifying it? They're saying false. Oh, false. Okay. Um, a candy maker, I think I'm reiterating what you just said. The candy maker uh, wanted to make a Christmas cane, and uh, he incorporated several symbols from the birth, mystery, oh, and death of Jesus. Oh, they're, they're asking about the, um, the myth. So they're debunking the myth. Is it a myth, myth or is it not a myth? It is a false um, Snopes myth. Snopes is saying the peppermint flavored red and white sugary candy cane can be found everywhere at Christmas time. It's as much an ornament as a confection. People munch on these treats. Yes, we understand that. Uh, in recent years, several different stories have been advanced claiming that candy cane was designed to be uh, fraught with Christian religious symbolism, uh, variously offering it as a secret form of identification used by European Christians during a time of persecution. I'm not buying it. And, uh, but no, this is a confection dreamed up by a candy maker in Indiana. Here we Reeves. go. 1670. That's a long time ago. In huh. Cologne, Germany, the choir master at Cologne Cathedral wishing. I've been to that cathedral. Have you really? Mm-hmm. There's a lot to learn about Germany. There is. Uh, wishing to remedy the noise caused by children in his church during the traditional Christmas Eve mass. Asked a local candy maker for some sugar sticks for them in order to justify the practice of giving candy to children during worship services. He asked the candy maker to add the crook, thus verifying the shepherd angle of the story. What is wrong with people? Let me continue. Why are we in such a hurry to to change all of this? Let me continue the list of items she forbade. Is that a word? Forbid? Yeah. Forbidded? It's verboten. Verboten. Any red or anything red or green. Because she said those are Christmas colors. Anything red or green. Which is tough because red and green are so popular. Reindeer. She banned reindeer. And Christmas videos, movies, and or characters from Christmas movies. Sounds like we're going to have to cancel Christmas. If you say that one more time, (laughs) you you know what? (laughs) You should... But you are giving examples of people trying to cancel Christmas. That's why I reiterate that. I have a quick question. What, What time is our meeting now? Since we're doing a podcast. Six o'clock. Yeah, when is that? Sinclair, who's in her first year as Manchester's principal, noted in her memo that she comes from a place 
place that Christmas and the like are not allowed in schools and that as a public school, uh, Manchester Elementary will seek to be inclusive and culturally sensitive to our students. Well, no, no, you're not. You're you're being exclusive right. to to probably the majority of your kids. I have unknowingly awoken a sleeping giant with many of you, she added. I apologize for the stress that Christmas slash holiday slash Grinch Grinch slash Santa slash tree emails and conversations have caused you. What items would she allow? Hmm. Right. She'll allow gifts to students. Okay. She'll allow students making a gift. She'll allow snowmen, snow women, snow people, and snowflakes. Oh, Lord. She'll allow gingerbread people. Sure. Boy, she's living with her cat, isn't right, she? Yep. I mean, there's oh, not yeah. a shot in hell. Right. <laughs> she, uh, she'll allow holidays around the world, a purposeful presentation of information to teach about different cultures. Nothing wrong with that, huh? Right. She'll allow sledding. Hot chocolate, polar bears, penguins, scarves, boots, earmuffs, and hats, Yetis, and Olaf from the movie Frozen. <sighs> I want to be a snowman. This is exhausting. Please reflect on what you've already copied, prepped, and posted, Sinclair concluded. I'm hopeful we can avoid the discomfort of me directly questioning something you've copied, posted, and had your kids do. That makes me uncomfortable. And I know it doesn't feel good. She signed the memo, The Unintentional Grinch Who Stole Christmas from Manchester. You're a mean one, Miss Grinch. Liberty Council sent a demand letter to the indi- to the super of Elkhorn Public Schools about the Christmas ban, urging it to immediately overrule and specifically disavow the sweeping directive banning Christmas holiday items and require Principal Sinclair to undertake review of district policy and the law. The district responded almost as a ray of hope. The district responded to Liberty Council, said it had investigated this matter and determined that Principal Sinclair's memorandum did not comply with board policy and that Manchester staffers were advised that certain Christmas symbols are, in fact, permissible. Okay. okay. So it was a principal... Uh, Getting a little too hot and heavy. Going out on her own, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, that's a little Christmas pushback. We are pleased that Elkhorn Public Schools promptly reversed Principal Jennifer Sinclair's unconstitutional directive and required compliance with the Constitution. Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council, said in a statement, The First Amendment does not require elimination of Christmas. Nothing prohibits public schools from teaching objectively about Christmas or other holidays with religious significance, from displaying religious and secular Christmas symbols side by side, or singing sacred and secular Christmas songs together. The First Amendment prohibits censorship based on religious viewpoint, which is what this principle was doing. Right. Uh, This outrageous three-page memo by Principal Sinclair was not based on ignorance of the law, but hatred toward Christianity and Christmas. Principal Sinclair should issue an apology to her teachers and staff. Sinclair, yesterday, November 5, did not immediately reply to a request for comment on Liberty Council's statement. I'm reading this from from, uh, Beck's website, The Blaze, which I have found to be uh, credible reporting. Okay. Uh, you know, if I was starting out as a lawyer, uh, what would you do? I think it'd be interesting 
to work for something like Liberty Council. And I'll tell you why. Because you would be using your legal degree, your legal knowledge, your teachings in the, in the, in the great task of pushing back. You'd be on the front lines yeah. of, of pushing back. That's very true. It would be a, uh, it would be satisfying. Liberty Council didn't come into this school and say you must allow Christmas. What they merely said is you can't ban Christmas. You can't ban it. I'm really trying hard not to say what I'm not supposed to say. I right know. Now. I know. I'm, I'm succeeding. Yeah, you cannot ban. It's a power. It's a podcast. You can say whatever you want. No, no, that's what I, they keep telling I meant us. about canceling Christmas. I, yeah, was, I don't. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, want to push no, the envelope. You, you so. have already, and I I, I, in fact, I really don't want to hear that again. You, you said it. Well, you're the one that just said we're going to. Well, what, ban what Christmas. is that from? Is that from Rudolph? <laughs> Every Christmas movie made. Don't, don't say it. I know that. <laughs> Not say that it. threat is out there. That threat is out there. That oh, it's too foggy. Wait, so you mean we might? It might be oh. canceled. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but if you if you watch that 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 theme is ever present in every child's movie, yeah. the threat of uh, the cancellation. They might, they might, but have it to. all it's it's also usually said in character with a little right. You know, but pizzazz. why why do these people keep getting away or thinking they're getting away with the idea that for purposes of elevating inclusivity, they must ban a very significant percentage of their student body. I don't know, but I don't, I don't get that. Part. But they have been. They're not getting away with it here, and thanks to something called the Liberty Council. And again, I think it. I think as a lawyer, that would be fascinating work. But think about uh, oh, the the twenty five years of Garage Logic. Mm-hmm. When Garage Logic started, uh, you know, it was we didn't have these all the time. But over the course of the years, you have had these um, uh, Christmas erased from. The schools. What did I tell you this year? I'm only bringing in the most outrageous ones. Do you think this qualifies? Yes, yeah. but, that, but that's exactly what I'm saying. Look at how it has grown. So you can't do each and every one. You're picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. But now, and the difference between right now and the last 25 years, everybody just accepted it. Now people like the Liberty Foundation are going, uh, it's time for us to push back here. Hang on. I know a six-year-old who apparently at her parochial school, mm-hmm. saw a play. I, I don't know if I have all the facts correct, but I, I know that I ever comment correct. Okay. Uh, uh, saw a play apparently conducted by a Jewish a troupe, a little, a little theater group. Okay, sure. And she told her mother that, she, I didn't know Jewish people were that funny. <laughs> <laughs> and her mother explained to her that Jewish people are extremely funny. Oh, they've got great senses of humor. Extremely funny. Yes. I didn't know Jewish people were that funny. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> my um, my children, uh, over the years of the wax hand business, where we have done many uh, bar and bat mitzvahs. Sure. That's the coming of age for uh, these young men and women. What an industry. Have He's working in a plug. No, they have in a threatened. plug for a... Is that <laughs> business still running? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I got uh, I got a big one the uh, the Frisch family I'm sure you the do. Frisch family in uh, in Mendota Heights is our is our next one. Are you in for a cash call? He's an old St. Paul attorney. Well, I'd love a huge GLer. I'm, but, a, I'm the lead investor, and I I'm shut out of all meetings. And but what I'm telling you is, yeah, we'll need to we'll we'll let you know when we need more. Okay. Yeah. Good um, luck to you. <laughs> fool me once, shame yes, on so me. That's how that works. No. Um, fool me once. Yep. Shame, shame on. on Shame you on you. Fool me. me twice. We can't get fooled again. I gotta I keep looking over my shoulder. 
But I, I was going to finish that. My my go. kids have threatened to convert to Judaism just so they can have the, those parties are many weddings. Oh yeah, you know confirmation. You they go put to church, a birthday party to shame. Don't you go they? to Mancini's. You yeah, know, it's yeah. that's it. It's uh, they really do. They they go top notch. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. You know, you want to close it out right I'm now? I'm going to close it out and see you tomorrow. Oh, okay. so we we didn't have to cancel anything. Is what you're telling me? Right, you leave the studio here while I. We should make a quick mention, Rook, as long as we've got that kind of time. He doesn't have his headphones on anymore, does he? All right. If uh, if you haven't signed up, make sure you do so for the yes. Garage Logic live podcast event at Summit Brewery, Friday, December 21st. We are randomly going to select 150 dedicated Garage Logic listeners to come join us. You get a free pint, you get a free sample of the brand new Summit 21. You also get a sampler four pack from Summit. And you get to hang out with us and watch the podcast. How do they sign up? Where do they go? Go to the, either the Garage Logic Facebook page or the Garage Logic Twitter account. You just fill out a quick form and boom, you're in. We'll notify you the week of. You have until the 16th to sign up. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, Reeves. GarageLogic.com. You are one click away from more Garage Logic podcast version. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate us. I have to catch a I have to catch a